Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Cousins, one-timer, rebound, scores! The former Hurricane Jeff Skinner ties the game at one. Peyton Krebs, he's going to walk out. Peyton Krebs, power scores! There's no power outage in Buffalo now. This place is juiced. Middlestad holds it, scores! Casey goes to bat and he hits it out of the park and the Sabres get the first in the shootout. Natchez with speed, Lukanen, crouch down, saved by Lukanen and the Sabres win it in the shootout. We're good! You're listening to Jeremy and Joe on the home of the Sabres, WGR Sports Radio 550. Are they going streaking? That is the first win streak of the season. They've struck. They've streaking. Uh, they've now you can say they finally uh, they finally done that. Yeah, they've won three in a row against the referee's best wishes. It felt like at the end of that game. Yeah, Jeez. you didn't like the uh, the Darlene uh, penalty. I didn't like the Darlene penalty. Um, there was something else in there that I didn't like too. That I was looking and more... getting tripped by Aho. looking and getting that that yeah. whole sequence. Yep. The whole sequence, and then something that, I forget what happened when they came down in that sequence. But yeah, yeah, it was not a it wasn't fun. Well, good morning. It's uh, Jeremy and Joe. Jeremy is off today. He'll be back in tomorrow, and Nate Geary is in, of course, for the next couple of hours. We'll have Sal at the combine. Live coming up at 8 a.m. Paul along the way uh, a little bit as well as we'll uh, recap some of what happened for the Sabres yesterday. It's going to be warm this week. Well, one, there's one day it's not going to be. If you look at the forecast ahead, it's 50, 56, 55. And then if you skip to the weekend, it's 50, 62, 62. And yes, I skipped over that 30 right in the middle. That I high wish. 30. I wish that I had the schedule to play golf this week, but I'll be in Florida next week, so. So you shouldn't be complaining. I'm, I'm in the first not place. complaining. 
I'm going to get to run outside, though, so that's... You are. I've been walking the dog, like, three miles, like, at a time, because it's just, like, I'm going to... The sun is out. I don't even care that it's been this cold as it's been. Did I did I tell you I signed up for the half marathon? No. We haven't spoken? No? Today. You're doing a half marathon? Yeah. Buffalo awesome. Half, have you done one before? I have never run a 5K. Okay. This is new territory for me. I got to doing a fi- uh, half marathon on a treadmill, but hmm. never, like... It's diff- diff- treadmill's different. Yeah, that actually, a lot, but I, honestly, though, I feel like treadmill would be harder. Uh, I don't think so because you don't get the elevation changes. No, you don't get the different. You know, f- you know, you're you're running in place for 13 miles. Yeah. Oh, you're saying like it would be more yeah, like boring. Mentally, yeah. Yeah. Mentally, no. It'd be more difficult. <laughs> uh, yeah. You get used to it, I guess, when you start when you're building up to it. But I've never I've never had a problem with that. Just the you got the TV screens in front of you. You've got yeah. I can't listen to podcasts while I'm running. It's got to be music. It has to be music. Yeah, because like I guess the podcast would keep you more interested, but you gotta you gotta have that little extra little extra boost. I think while you're doing it. Well, cool. How long do you uh, have to until this? May twentieth, labor uh, memor- memorial labor memorial memorial day. I always forget memorial which one's day. first. How memorial ready? Day. How ready are you? Uh, not particularly. Like you need to do a lot of. I'm still. I'm on a plan. So okay. this week is my final week of one and a half miles. Yep. Every other day, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna be bumping up to one point eight. And then two, and then four, and you know, so on and so forth. And then eventually, you can just, next time you're uh, in here, you could just run in. Was that eleven miles? Perfect. Uh, is it eleven? Probably right around. Like yeah, a half marathon so from your place to here. The training uh, does not have me running a full half marathon before the half marathon, which I'm okay. going to trust it. So that would be the first time you're actually running that amount, which is what? What is it against? Thirteen point one or thirteen point one? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. this weekend. You got a shot. 60s and sunny this weekend. So the weather will be pretty nice this week. The Sabres are on a win streak. Three in a row. For the first time it took till February 25th. They win in a shootout last night over Carolina. And you talked about the officiating. They, they deserve to, to win that hockey game. They I, did. Not just the officiating. I thought they played great beginning to end against, against Carolina, who's a great team. It's... So disheartening, though, when you look and go, "All right, first win streak of the season. How far back are they?" And they've 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 lost they've lost ground. If you can believe it, they've somehow lost ground. The somehow is that all the teams that are in those spots that are way ahead of you have also been on win streaks. The the Lightning, for instance, have won back to back games. Although that might be the team to catch right now. They're in last uh, of the of the playoff teams. You've got Detroit, who's on a five-game heater. Patrick Kane last night wins in overtime in Chicago. And you've got Toronto on a seven-game win streak. They were in a wild-card spot for a lot of the season. So despite the fact that the Sabres are on a three-game win streak, they've lost ground. Now, they've got some tough games coming up. This is the Florida trip. Their schedule's tough. It's tough. Remember what happened to the Florida trip last year? Vibes. Vibes. Vibes happened. The Labushkin yeah. goal. Yeah. And Craig Anderson with a 50-save <laughs> performance as they beat the Florida when Panthers. When you say that, I, it's insane to believe or to even acknowledge that that was in 2023. That was like a, It was like less than one year ago? Yeah. Yeah. 50 saves from <coughs> Craig Anderson was one year ago. Let me, let me ask you this. They are, they are 11 points out. Mm-hmm. They're 11 points out. We going to do this? You know, we going to do this? The, the, new, the new, by the way, in the hunt – 
that we had for the Bills drought. It was the tagline uh, that represented the whole Bills drought was in the hunt. For the Sabres, it might be games in hand. But games in hand is kind of you know the, the theme of the last 10 years. They have two games in hand on Tampa. They do. And they have a game to play head-to-head coming up on Thursday against Tampa. There's six games before the trade deadline. How close would they have to be I, to think about to think about adding anything? I think regardless they should add something. I think they should they should act as though they're in a playoff race. Because I, I listened to I, maybe it was last week I was listening to Paul talk about this PM and I couldn't agree more with Paul. Is my concern is they don't make a move at the trade deadline. They get themselves they let's say they miss the playoffs by five points. They are going to convince themselves to run it exactly back with this exact roster, with a, with a, with essentially the same offseason, a Connor Clifton move, and that's and we've got guys in the pipeline. We're going to bring up blah 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 blah. Like that's my concern is they mm-hmm. should act as though they are in a playoff race and act accordingly and make a move, make a swing move. I don't know if a swing move is even available to them, but they should explore it and they should be. They should be aggressive, and they should make it known they want it. Like, if I, to me, as a fan right now, mm-hmm. the vibes yeah. are, are teetering towards I'm getting more interested. This is a really big trip. You talked about having two games in hand with, with Tampa. If they can, I think over the next three, what is it, Tampa, Florida, Las Vegas? Yes. That's the next Vegas three? Vegas returns. Uh, what's, comes here. What's the, is it three points? If they could pull three, four points would be electric. You're getting four points closer? Is that what you're I'm saying? I'm saying four points four out of the next six. Out of the six. If you get three, I'd feel good. If you get four, that'd be electric. I don't think you're really making up any ground. I don't think you that, are though. either, but you make me feel better. And then think about yeah. what your last ten are then. Your ten look nice, but how do you feel about their actual chances getting in? It still would be like, you know, you look around and see, well, they're 1% and they need to go 22-3 and three but the does, rest of the way. Does getting better right now have to be contingent on whether or not they make the playoffs? I guess I, I did think about this yesterday, like as the game was going on, like, okay, I know they're probably not going to make the playoffs, and there were other years where I'd almost be annoyed at them yes. for getting out of like a good draft position for like when Ron Ralston went uh Ron Ralston had like a winning record in his final month of a season when they were about to pick like in the top three and then ended up not picking there because they just had to win a bunch of meaningless games in April. Um so I, I thought about that last night and thought, I don't really, you know, this team especially because the core is in place and we kind of know who's under contract and what the team's going to look like for the most part, the, the, the centerpieces of it, that, yeah, no, I, I want to see them look good at the end here, even if it's futile, even if there is not really a realistic chance they'll make it. They just have to, a top 10 pick right now. And that's, it's tough to... Yeah, I mean, but but it, but I'd I I think I'd take I think would everyone say this I would take them falling if you will yes. to the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth pick Me if too. it's entering the off season with okay they started to figure some things out at the end of the year they beat some good teams I mean that game again last night I'll pull up some of the, the numbers on it but it felt like they outplayed Carolina for a lot of the game and Carolina's been a great hockey team for for years I mean. Sabres fans want their coach, right, next year and Rod Brindamore. Yeah. So, I don't know, though. Like, do something no matter what. What What does that mean? Like, go get a rental? Uh, no. 
No. Because those I, are usually the guys that get moved. I think right now, if you're Kevin Adams, you have to feel like with having a top 10 pick right now, that there's value across the league, especially to the teams below you, to swing that and maybe another prospect. First and a prospect. You're going to trade a first and a prospect. You're going to make, but that 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 is. I'd move Savoy right now. Would you move Savoy and a prospect or Savoy and a first? I would for I don't know. I mean, would it, would somebody be available in New Jersey? I don't know where they are. Like yep. like they're not as good as they were last year, but they're still not terrible. Yeah, they're four, five, and one. In their last ten. This is the trade that I want to see them do. Also, I I don't. I like the idea of Savoy and. The first round pick. I really do wonder if we are within two weeks of a middle stat trade, though. I, I don't know what the timing is on that, but every time I look at how the team could be constructed going forward and how the lines could shake up going forward, here is this Peyton Krebs, Zach Benson, J.J. Paterka line. Yeah. Looking unbelievable for like the third game in a row. Yep. And oh, who could. Who could have saw that coming, by the way? That Anyone. Peyton Krebs yeah. <laughs> playing with anybody with any offensive talent at all right. could actually oh, live up to some of the expectations, some of the potential that he had when you he mean was being the a Golden fighter Knights wasn't top the, prospect. Wasn't the, wasn't the role for him? Right. Holy cow. We, I mean, we loved him for it, right? And, like, and that loved, he embraced that. But. Right, I was to say, like, loved him for embracing it, but... Like, I, it's been past time for them to give him an opportunity, and he's getting it. And what you're saying is, is a move on, a move, moving away from Middlestat could even elevate that opportunity more. I, I, when I saw last week or uh, two weeks ago, there was a rumor out there, maybe it was Friedman, that had just said that the Flyers really liked Krebs, that they had been watching him. And at the same time, there was Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet, who was connecting the Sabres and Scott Lawton. Ah. Who's like a fourth yeah, line veteran guy that's had a horrible season in Philadelphia. He's he's the guy right now that's the subject of articles in Philly of why is he in the lineup and the only reason is because he wears a letter and because he's a veteran in the locker room. Right. Does anybody want another guy like that? Doesn't it already feel like the Sabres have had too many guys like that that are on the ice in important situations or just too much because what they mean in the locker room or what they mean because they wear a letter? So I remember seeing that. And the reason I didn't like it was I just never felt I, I would have felt I would have felt icky about moving on from Krebs, not ever really getting to see what he can be. Yeah. Because I don't really think you get to see what he can be if you're putting him with Zemgis Girgensons and Kyle Poso, the two players he has by far played the most with since he's been a Buffalo Saber. And here's only a few games, it's only a couple. And you've put in, you've put him with two skilled players, very young. Benson's a rookie. Paterka's had a breakout season, and he looks awesome. He looks great. He looks fast. He he he's a playmaker. He's never going to score you thirty goals. You know, uh, uh, if Krebs were to hit his potential and max out at the prospect he was, you know, he's probably scoring twenty goals and putting up forty assists. He's probably always going to have twice the amount of assists that he has goals. But see the play he made to Owen Power last night to tie it. Like, that's a, a back-and-forth play that is vision, that yeah. is waiting for the right pass, and then when the pass needs to be made, he puts it in the in the perfect spot, right in Powers' wheelhouse to score. The only thing that I'll say against a Casey Middlestad trade is I actually like Dylan Cousins at wing. 
And I think if you trade Casey Middlestat, you're putting Cousins back at center. And I don't think that's the worst thing ever, but I do... The move to wing, where he played in the World Cup of Hockey two years ago, went next to... Uh, what was it? World uh, Championships. Well, yeah. World Championships. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, right? Was at center and he was at wing. Yeah, yeah. And it looked... That was when... That was the offseason we were like, ooh, Dylan Cousins might be ready for a step in the NHL this upcoming season. It was almost like the same what we saw from J.J. Paterka mm-hmm. in the same situation last year where he was in the World Championships for Germany. He was the best player in the tournament, mm-hmm. and he rolled it over into momentum in the NHL season. Now look at J.J. Paterka. He's been maybe their second most consistent player, if not their second best player offensively. So yep. like, I, I like the... M- Don Granado has been frustrating at times this year with how he's paired the defensive the, the the defensive pairings, right? And Eric Johnson is not one of the best six players, but he's playing because he's a veteran. And Don Granado is not the only coach in the league, by the way, that we're, we're talking about in Philadelphia, right? Guys that are wearing letters, guys that. Yeah. Yep. Do Veterans I think a, that have status are, are going to be hard to pull out no matter who the coach is. Is Oposo and Eric Johnson the two best players to be playing in the lineup? Probably not. Oposo ha, can have nights, but at other times he's really like a yeah, like like an anchor. No, it's he. And, this is this is the end of his NHL career. Yeah, I mean, to my eyes, it is. It, the, the I, I agree. Speed is just not there. And so, like, I think about this. But if you could do Middlestat Savoy in a first and get yourself, but what are we talking here? Are I mean, we talking about defensive trade, player? That trade you just mentioned, like that is the one I spend the most time That's got juice. thinking about. That has juice. I spend more. Florida is the example of this. I listen to the Dan Lebetard show a lot, and they are based in Miami. They are all Florida Panther fans. Yeah, and they they do like a local hour thing where they talk about like their their local teams, and they talk about the Panthers a lot. And listening to Panther fans talk about their team right now. I mean, the jealousy from me is at an 11. It's at an 11. And why am I also jealous? Look what they did two years ago. Yep. Look at the look at the Kachuk trade. I don't know how easy that is. I mean, I think I do know how easy that is. It's not that it's easy. Not. It's not. It's pretty difficult. That trade comes about once every five years in the NHL. Maybe, maybe I'm not you know remembering enough of them. But the trade where you give up multiple picks, including a first. You give up a great player. You give up a top prospect. I mean, when you say middle stat Savoy in a first, that is, juice. that is the dream yeah. trade. Because that that's my Florida Matthew Kachuk trade. When the Panthers did that, by the way, they traded. After, but That was off the heels of a President's Trophy campaign. Think of that. The, the different reality they already were living in than what has been happening here for 13 years. They won the President's Trophy, the best team in the regular season. Then they got to the postseason. And for, I think it was the second year in a row, they got bounced by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs. And they swallowed hard and said, all right, here's what we're going to do because we think we can be better and there's a star player out there that we can get our hands on. Let's trade... Our all-time leading <laughs> scorer in Jonathan Huberdeau, who was on the heels of a 115-point season, you know, middle stat would be a tough trade. Middle stat's like a 60, maybe 70-point guy at his best, when I'm get, if I'm giving him a lot of credit. Florida decides we'll trade the 115-point guy, and we'll package some other stuff, and we'll go get Matthew Kachuk. 
I don't know who that name is. You know, I try to figure out, like, project who it could be. That's the trade to make. I That's one. more of an offseason trade. I have one though. name. Well, how about, how about this? I, I technically have two names, but my question to you is, if you're doing that, Middlestat's 25, right? Middlestat's 25, and, 25 in need of, and in need of a new contract. In need of a new contract, but still has one year of RFA uh, two, years, two, two years. Two years of RFA protection. Two years of RFA, yep. So, let me ask you this. In this trade, if the player is good enough, are you willing to trade for a guy that's going to be a UFA at the end of the year? Is that trade to you worth it if you get a guy like Jake Ensel? I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of where I was headed next. That's where I was, you know, thinking about is the a- original question of how many points out do they need to be to buy at the deadline? Generally, when I think buy at the deadline, I think rental. Or I think Me too, it doesn't generally. have to be rental, but guy that's contract is expiring at the end of the year because I still think I'm in it. And I think because of the risk that that would entail, like Jake Gensel, how close do they have to be to think about that? Or are you thinking you go trade for Jake Gensel and then you immediately sign him? You'd have to. I'd What you would have to do in a trade like that is have – Almost, not necessarily assurance, but at least the player and, and his agent would have to say something along the lines of, like, we're willing to talk a contract. But also, right. they'd be willing to talk a contract because they know the Sabres would be probably willing to pay him more than other teams would. Which is the th- only thing I think they can really offer yes. right now. Is that yeah. they could... And what's what's his potential contract look like? I mean, he's going to be 30. He's going to be 30. But you, you know to- what's going to happen? I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois was 28 and he signed an eight-year. And that contract mm-hmm. is... Terrible for them. Eight, yeah, that, eight, that it's eight by eight. That I think right. Eight by eight, or was it? Was it eight for ten? No, I think you had it right. I, I don't think it's ten million. I don't think it's. It was. Million. I think it was eight for eight, and it's not. Okay. That's a bad contract for that team moving forward. This team right now. This this is this is the juggling act that Kevin Adams has. Is I don't think they can take on a. It, they cannot afford a. Not that I, we're not talking about Von Miller here, but I guess what my point is, they can't really afford a Von Miller contract. Because they can't afford to, to to sign a guy right now that turns into a bad contract in three years that they're stuck with for five years. And I don't mean this as a shot at Oposo because I do think he's been a really important piece at the end of his career here. But let's not mistake, that wasn't a good contract when they handed it out. I mean, that was GMTM panicking mm-hmm. from not getting Stamkos, right? And do I think getting Jake Gensel at 9-5 is... Could be bad in three years. It could be. It could also be great. I mean, he's a great player. Mm-hmm. He's got 22 goals, 50-something points this year. Like, 52 points in 50 games, I think. Um, yeah. He would, to me, represent a real big shift for this franchise in getting a le- another legitimate player. Well, yeah, he's got 98 goals in the last three years. He's got 98 goals he would, in the last three years. And uh, does middle stats Savoy in a first even get that done? Would it? Would, would yes. you have to? You think? Be- I think so too. Because think because of the contract. Absolutely. Because of the contract. Yes, it's the contract. I think what you're what you're really talking about though is a trade where you're bidding against contenders. Yes, you are bidding against the teams that are headed for the playoffs. And I think I think you kind of look like a joke if you make that trade. If you're not. Five points out, four Maybe. points out. They made they traded for Wayne Simmons three years ago <laughs> when they were like thirteen points Dominic out Cahoon of a playoff well. spot. Dominic and Cahoon. Dominic Cahoon. And everybody looked look at them and went, What are you doing? You but, think 
You think you're in this? But you're not in this. You're can, 13 points out. Wayne Simmons. What is that going to do? Can I tell you? And they though, buy, I think they only won one of their next six before the COVID shutdown. Obviously, a weird year, and obviously the COVID shutdown, whatever. But I also think I really need Kevin Adams not to care about how it looks. I need him to show signs that, and and I think part of last year, if I'm being honest, mm. a move might have been the difference last year. It's one point. Last year, a, that's a real absolutely move true. Would could have been probably should have been the difference. And I'm not here telling yep. you that if the Sabres found a way to go get Jake Ensel, that they would be, they'd put themselves in, in, a, in a movement position where maybe they find a way to make the playoffs. But I'm not here to tell you that I don't think I need to care as long as if you can, as long as you can turn that into. It, it sucks that they don't have one year of roster control. And if they could, if that to me, if he was a UFA in 2025, that's a move that I'm like, you need to go make right now. And. What about this, Joe? I mean, there will be a contingency of fans that say, that's an awesome move. You have a great player now. You have, you have a cornerstone player at 29 years old. Mm-hmm. How many people will say that should have been a defenseman? I will say it probably should have been a defenseman. Can I? They already have, I think, the, the one thing about the roster build right now that I think kind of lends itself to a middle stat trade. Uh, and, and we're talking kind of about the deadline about, for this because – the deadline, he's on these lists. Like, he's on these trade bait lists. He's not necessarily right at the top. Um, they have so many forwards on the way, and there's no room for them. There there's are no, a lot of forwards. There's no the spots way. for them. And we, I, I mean, I've been shouting for the mountaintops for a year that I need to, I want to see what Peyton Krebs looks like on a higher line, and there just hasn't really been wiggle room for him. I mean, even now, the only reason there's a spot available for him. And not the top six, the top nine is because Jack Quinn is injured. If everybody's healthy, Krebs doesn't even have a, an opportunity to play in roles like that. What what do we think Kulik's going to get? What do we think Savoy's going to get when he shows up? What do we think Oslin's going to get when he eventually shows up? What what kind of spots in the on the line I mean, in the lineup card are those guys like, going to be into? JJ Paterka is probably going to be. Uh, this, this is what. All I mean is there are four. There are too many forwards as it is, and yeah, the defenseman swap or just a three for one trade. Like that's the deal I'm looking for. And those type of trades, I I don't think you're getting. I think you're waiting till the off season. I know we need to get to a break, but I, I and this is something I think we should discuss on the other side, which is I don't disagree that they need to find another piece on the defense. Here's my only issue with if you're if you're making a swing, if you're trading middle stat, if you're making a swing for a big player, and, and what's this player that we're talking about? What what's a big name at, at defense that maybe you're talking about here? I don't I don't have the name. I mean you're not we're not doing the chicken dance again, are we? Because uh, he's available, I guess. Hannafin? Are we doing the Hannafin dance? He will n- dude, Hannafin Hannafin's buddies with, with Jack. You think you think he's gonna ask Jack, hey, what was it like to play in Buffalo? Yeah. And he's gonna get a ringing endorsement. I guess, my my point is, would, if know. you're talking about moving that kind of asset swap, where you're getting a legitimate defenseman, and we're probably talking a, a, at least a top two pair, if not someone to be on your top pair, right now you have almost twenty million wrapped up in two defensemen. Mm-hmm. You're talking about adding a defenseman that's at what minimum five million that you're probably gonna have to resign at close to seven to eight, right? So, in terms of roster construction, that's a lot of assets into three defensemen without a lot of other defensemen in the system mm-hmm. to backlog. So I, it's the only thing I'm thinking about is if you're going to make a swing for a big-time defender, 
you have a lot of salary cap wrapped up on the defense. Mm-hmm. They're all they would all likely be young, under twenty six years old, twenty five, and I mean Owen Powers is tw- not even twenty, twenty or whatever he is. But I that's my only concern is you have a lot of money wrapped up in, in two young players, which isn't bad, but that makes it a little bit more interesting to me in at least the conversation. 8030550 is the phone number. More on this on the other side. Breaking news, Peter King is retiring. Monday morning, quarterback, NBC wow. Sports, Sports Illustrated, long, long, long time. I mean, the the GOAT football columnist? Yes. That, I mean, the most widely recognized. Well, I'm glad I got to interview him last year at, uh, at training camp. Right. It makes, right. Me, uh, makes me feel like I, uh, I got something right at the end. That's, that's yeah. Cool. From the outside, it appears as though he's earned it. He's earned, yeah, uh, he spent a lot of time. A lot of time. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty is the phone number. Jody Biasi, Nate Geary, Jeremy is off today, and we've got your phone calls. We've got Sal. We've got Paul, and we've got the combine too. I got a, I got a good Gabe Davis slash combine question uh, geared up and ready for a little bit later on. Stay tuned. It's WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Paterka couldn't handle the pass, but Benson will take the puck. His shot off a stick. Here's Krebs behind the goal. Peyton Krebs, he's going to walk out. Peyton Krebs, power scores! There's no power outage in Buffalo now. This place is juiced. It's 2-2. Krebs to power to tie it. The Sabres win it in a shootout. Moments of the game brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth. To Firth, that line, Krebs, Benson, and Paterka, when they were on the ice last night, 17 shot attempts for, 10 against, they had, but as a line, they had seven scoring chances, three for the opponent when they were on the ice. A lot of those numbers, they were the best line that the Sabres had last night. Krebs, Benson, and 
Paterka. Kind of a new uh, a new kids line. They're I mean, all kids lines. Let's be real, except for the Tuck line. The Tuck, uh, it is Thompson yeah, and Skinner line. That's not a that's not a kids line. No, that one's not. But the rest of them, uh, well, the other two at least are after the fact. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. We are eleven days out from the trade deadline. I got to pull up. How far back would the Sabers have to be? With six games remaining before the deadline, they are 11 points out for you to even think about them buying at the deadline. Even if it's something small. Even if it's... That could just mean not selling. Although, selling is going to mean who? Anyone that anyone's going to lose sleep over saying goodbye to? I mean, selling at this deadline, what's probably most likely is they're going to trade Eric Johnson... Please. For a conditional is that late even round, whatever is that even selling? I mean, that might be. It's more that of might a, be buying. That's that's what I mean. Like they they might trade a Poso. It's going to kind of come down to him. That's what Kevin Adams sounded like a few weeks ago. That if a Poso on wants a smaller deal someone, yeah. wants one last shot at a cup before he's done, then they would grant him that, or they'd be willing to work with him on that. Jurgensen's is a free agent. At the end of the year, he could be available to a team that wants a fourth liner for the playoffs. Am I Olsen for nothing? Am I am I seeing? Am I reading off any names? Anybody is really all that worried about giving away? I think that that's the thing. I think that they should look to. I mean, I, those are all expiring contracts. So do I care that much? Right. No. Um, if they stayed for, I, I guess. <laughs> what do you think of yourself if you're Kevin Adams and? Maybe I don't make those moves for one reason. Mm. Because I want to keep I want to keep what ha- what's happening in Rochester live. I, I you might think that they have a legitimate especially if if Devin Levine's there for the rest of the season which it's looking like that's the case, right? And he's going into the playoffs with them that you don't necessarily want to see I mean, if you move, let's say you move Oposo, Eric Johnson and Olafson. Yep. You don't necessarily have to bring anyone up, but well, I mean, no, yeah, I you think, would. I think you, you do. Would. You, you would. Bring, you don't have to bring up one of the prospects, right? You could put. You could have Brent Murray as a guy that's there. But I'd expect you would. I think. By the way, the Amherst are not like guaranteed no. for a playoff spot. They're like they're right there. They are fifth in their division, but they're one point out of third. I don't know how that works. Uh, I know it's by division their playoffs, but either way, you mentioned Levi's been incredible down there. He's like, been he's, unbelievable. I think he's now number one in the AHL in save percentage on the season. Uh, I don't know if he's played enough games to qualify, but he's got the highest save percentage in the AHL. Um, you have Kulik, though, who's kind of been knocking on the door for a while here, yeah. and, you know... What's the end of the season going to be? I mean, they could rattle off five wins, six wins in a row. I mean, let's be real. If they, if they, if this is the win streak that we've been waiting all year for, and is finally starting to arrive, if it does happen here, if they go to Florida, who's number one in the conference, and then go to Tampa, and then beat Vegas. Like if they rattle off, if they get this to like a six-game win streak, beating those teams, beating those teams. It's going to feel weird because I don't know how much ground they're really going to gain doing that. But we're going to feel like, they're, this. see, this was just kind of a, you know, a couple of things went wrong this season and they really aren't that far away. Like, this is the group. I asked last week, like, are you still confident this is the group, the core, that will break the drought, that will, 
you know, kind of right the wrongs of the last 13 years. And I think for the first time, you saw a majority of people saying, I'm not as confident. I'm not that confident that this core is going to be the one to do it. If they start even on one win streak, I think it will restore people's faith. But I just, I think it's too little too late. They're, the hole is too large. I, I, I do want to leave some room for, you know, like I see Chad D. Domenesis, uh expected Buffalo tweet about Detroit last night. And I've seen this sentiment from other places about the Red Wings where, like, they're in that top wildcard spot. They are 12 points ahead of the Sabres. And it's, they're not that good. They are getting lucky, you know, whether it's shooting percentage or save percentage, like whatever, that it's just unsustainable and they're going to fall down, but maybe it doesn't happen to the playoffs. Who knows? And I look at that and think, well, okay, they, if only you were a little closer, <laughs> a team that falls down a little bit, you want to be right there ready to take it. But I just, I don't know. They've got tough games coming up. I didn't even mention after, I mean, listen to their schedule coming up. Florida. Number one seed. Tampa, playoff team. Vegas, top team. Winnipeg, playoff team. Toronto, playoff team. Nashville, I don't know whether Nashville's a playoff team off the top of my head. Playoff team. Nashville's a playoff team. You've got Edmonton. Yep. Detroit. Yep. I mean, that is that's eight games in a row where they play playoff teams. Good luck. They could play well. And still, and still not yeah. really gain any ground by the time the trade deadline rolls along. So what I think we're probably headed for is they're going to sell off some veteran pieces, some expiring pieces, and I'm still going to be very interested in the end of the season. You you ask about Kulik or, like, should they keep the Amherst together? I think the end of the season should be about finding out how close some of these guys are. How close is Kulik? Can I pencil him in? Give him 20 games at the end of the year so I know whether or not I could put his name in ink for next season, or I have to put that still in pencil? I, Roseanne might be the same thing. Yeah. Play him 20 games at the end of the year so that I know if it's pencil or pen Can for I, next season. I guess my only kick, like kickback on that, Joe, is they've proven that when those guys are in the lineup that they're not trusting them with meaningful minutes. And what do what are we going to learn if you trade a Poso and let's say you trade a Poso Gergensons and Olafson? Like that would be a okay, okay. Yeah, the dead weight, yeah, sure. The Go dead on. weight. Not you're gonna. What's your fourth line look like then? It's not going to be Kulik and Rosine. This is the thing. This is why I, I there there's got to be an aggressive two for one trade at some point or three for one trade because that question you just asked is a completely fair question. And I can ask the same thing about next season. Right? Yes, you can. Like, their top six is already in stone without any big aggressive move, right? Thompson, Skinner, Tuck, and Cousins, Paterka, Quinn. That's your top six? Yeah. So, you know, that, that we all I think we all know the move they need to make. They got to move. They got to make be aggressive. They've got to move forwards out. And I don't know that there is an answer to how far back they'd have to be for me to want to see them buy at this deadline or, or even just not sell. At so this let me ask you this because teams have, so teams are operating like the Sabres might be willing to make a big sell move because they know they need, they need to get rid of forwards. Teams have called about Alex Tuck, which I, I just, I think is. And I think they got the right answer, which was, it was reported, which is, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, they definitely shouldn't do that. 
But let me ask you about another interesting player. What about Jeff Skinner? I don't. I think I saw the around the whistle guys were talking about him a couple weeks ago. I just don't know how you're getting that contract off your team. He's good, and he has started to live up to 70% of that contract. Like He's probably like a $6.5 million player that's been paid $9 million per year. Um, that being said, I just don't – I don't know how you're – I don't know how you're convincing a team to take him at $9 million. And here's the only reason why you might be able to do that. A, you would have to retain some a little bit. Yep. And would yep. you even would you be willing to do that? I don't know. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't, depending on the move, right? I, mean, maybe, I might it, just want to get him just for his sake. I might feel bad for him enough I, to like, get him on a team that you can actually play in the playoffs for once. That's part of it. Here's the other part of it is, yeah, the $9 million isn't great. He'll be a UFA again at, at, at the end of the 26-27 season. He'll be 34. It's really not that wild. bad. It's pretty wild. But it's not like if you're talking about a guy that's 38 and you have to pay a guy four more years and going into his 35, 36, 37, 38 season, I would say that's an immovable contract. But there are far worse contracts in the NHL. And Jeff Skinner is on a, on a contending team, a top six, like probably your mm-hmm. fourth wing, third wing. I don't know. I, I'm not suggesting that that should be a mover. I'm not, you know, saying they should do it. I'm, I'm just saying, if you're trying to move a forward, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have to be a young one. Yeah. But that's know. a sell move. That that's a hard sell move. That's that's a sell move. That's a hard sell move. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Yeah. They won last night, by the way. <laughs> if you can believe it, they, they won last night. They won in a shootout. It was their first win streak of the season, um, but they, they've they done it. Lukanen, another stellar performance. He has started five games in a row and been great. And Lukanen, the one thing that's been true about him in the past is that the guy just doesn't know what to do in shootouts, and he went four for four last night. One of them missed the net, but... Good on Lukanen. Did great. 803-0550 is the phone number. Time out here when we come back. There's a there's a Patrick Kane question, too, that I've seen floating around social media or more of a commentary on uh, him and the Sabres as he has been awesome for Detroit. Combine week as well, so we'll get to some football as well. Nate Geary's in for Jeremy. This is WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anyone else getting chills right now? 716-221-4WGR. Be caller 5 to win a pair of tickets to the Men's College Basketball Tournament Watch Party at Seneca Resort and Casino on Thursday, March 21st. On Sunday, or, excuse me, March 21st or Sunday, March 24th. This open court ticket includes unlimited access to the fantastic buffet, Five hours of tournament viewing, high-speed internet, and a cash bar. First-come, first-served seating. Must be 21 and up to win. Visit SenecaNiagaraCasino.com for details. I got I got a little uh, college basketball in this week. 
There were some big things to happen. Oklahoma State. One of my buddy's favorite teams. Losing at the buzzer at home to Oklahoma. That's a an underrated, uh, funny sports moment. Is when a crowd that is as loud as can be just goes dead silent at a buzzer beater. And then also, uh, a Duke player got like run by a Wake Forest fan. He did after they got upset. So what are they gonna are they gonna ban? Uh, what do you call it? Court, Court storming? storming now. Uh, well, if they didn't do it because Caitlin Clark almost got, if she had actually gotten hurt, hurt like missed time, yep, the, they it would, would shut be the done. sport down. Yeah, and rightfully so. She, rightfully so, she is a superstar. Uh, Filipowski for Duke, I believe, is yep. the name of one the of their player better players yep. who uh, has a sprained ankle. Uh, after you can see it, like the the Wake Forest fans are like trying to get in his face more, and they're trying to, I think, hit him, but. They they sprinted on the court the moment they won that. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll ban it. When Duke gets, in, gets involved. You never, yeah. Now now that you're going to start to hear about it. They're sports darlings. I saw the takes. You're going to see them today. Whenever these take shows get rolling. When do they get rolling? Like 8 a.m. on ESPN and, uh, and Fox. Whenever these take shows get rolling, it's all going to be all <laughs> about why they should ban, yeah. you know, storming the court. Or save it for when you beat, like, the number one team in the country. You know, you beat the number eight team. Congrats. That happens. Teams beat the number eight team. That happens all the time. You got to, it's got to be like, it's got to be like historically good to, to warrant storming the court. That's what I, I say. I think field and storm, uh, court storming have. It's oversaturated. It, yes. Like, what was it last year? There was a really bad one. It was like a ranked team that beat a ranked team. And I was like. Oh no! There was right. There was even worse than that. I thought there was a ranked team that beat an unranked team. Yeah, and they, they stormed. But the court. because it was like a rivalry. It, I, yeah, like I Virginia, think, was it Virginia Tech and Virginia? Me, I don't remember. Some, yeah, dude. It here's the thing. I, court storming used to be when Lehigh beat Duke, right? Right. Oh, that was in the tournament. Uh, you know, when Albany beats. Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. like when UB beat Syracuse, right? Like that would have sure. been a court storming opportunity. But like, absolutely, I think. That if you're a Power 5 school outside of, like, a team that's been perennially bad, like Vanderbilt, say, in mm-hmm. football or something, yep. I think we need to, as a sports society, be more selective when we are storming the court. I agree. I don't think, we should, I don't think it should ever be banned. Have I think some, it is. Have some standards. It's a special thing, but I think you – and I don't know how you, <laughs> how you police this, first and foremost um, – yeah. But we've got to self-police, I think. Yeah. Have, the fans themselves need to have As some my service. high school coach would say, have some pride. Have some pride. There you go. 803-0550 is the phone number. The Sabres win in Carolina against Carolina at home last night. Three in a row. First win streak of the season. 11 days out from the trade deadline as they head on to their Florida trip. The combine is this week, so lots of Bills receiver talk coming in the next couple of days. Stay tuned. It's Jeremy and Joe. Nate is in for Jeremy. We've got Sal coming up at 8 o'clock here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.